Because we're representing the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus in new people's lives. And that's what baptism is. Somebody say baptism. Did you know that Easter gives us the ability to have a baptism service? So Jesus was crucified, was buried, rose again on the third day. What do we do in the baptism tank? You come in dry, you confess your sins. There is your death. You then get buried in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and you come up ah, soaking wet, glistening in the sun. Ladies, don't worry about your hair. You're going to look good. Baptism hair, don't care. Come on. And that represents the death. Somebody say the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Thank you. Open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22. I got good news and bad news. How many want the bad news first? That's what most people want to hear. The bad news is this air conditioning unit is still broken. It's going to take another week for it to arrive, two weeks in total to get here, and then the awesome maintenance man is going to fix it. But as you can see, we have two airplane or helicopter propellers on your side, left and your right. Sit next to them if you get cold. Look at my brother's hair blowing in that breeze right there. See, it's, it's a strong breeze. If you get too hot, you just, just stand in front of those. You'll be all right. And then how many like the good news? You want the good news? This ain't as hot as hell. Come on, I'm going to heaven. Hell's hot, heaven's not. Your choice, where do you want to go? All right, so let's go to heaven. We're in the book of Ephesians. If you're new or a family member of a friend or a friend of someone getting baptized, we're in the book of Ephesians. It was a book written to the people of Ephesus. We're going through it verse by verse by verse. And this is a great passage out of that book to give us today on a baptism Sunday. So it's a little bit of a detour out of where we are in the book. We're actually at chapter 6. But today, open up your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. I think you'll love this message and how it applies to our life. Somebody say the new self. Come on, say it like you're up. The new self. Thank you, thank you. The new self. Do you know that you are born once and you will die once, but then it's up to you whether or not you die again or live again? I'm going to say it slow, so everyone can get it. Are you guys ready? You are born once. How many times are you born? How many times do you die? Well, okay, so everybody's born once, everybody dies once. That's the same for everybody. Every person on the planet, you're born once and you're going to die once. But now the choice is up to you. Do you want to die again, a second death, or do you want to get born again to have a second life? The born again life, the born again life is a spiritual life given by Jesus. He said in John chapter 3 to a very religious man, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. This is not reincarnation. It is a second birth you get in this life, but it's spiritual. If you don't have it, listen, by default, if you're not born again, by default, when your body dies, your soul will go to hell and then the lake of fire, and the Bible calls that the second death. So do you want the second death or the second life? What you want to double up on? Look at your neighbor, say double up on life. 
Come on, you want to make sure you double up on life. Double up on life. Because the Bible says we're all born, we're all going to die, and what God wants for us is all for us to live again. But what do we do in this world that makes the choice between the second life or the second death? It's choosing Jesus. Now, I know some of you don't think about it often, but I want you to think about it with me right now. How many religions do you think are in the world? You think there's more than 10? How many think there's more than 100? How many think there's more than 1,000? There's probably tens of thousands of religions, right? Now, how many of them can give you a second birth? How many? Only one. Listen, these religions so desperate, they're like the, the L.A., what, what's that team called from L.A.? The L.A. Lakers that wanted LeBron so bad. Listen, these religions are so desperate, they all want Jesus on their team. Did you know that? They all try to recruit Jesus. You can buy a book right now, you can Google it later, where you can get the teachings of Jesus and Buddha side by side. Who do you think wrote that book, a Christian or a Buddhist? The Buddhists, they won't get Jesus on their team. Do you know that in the Quran, the word Muhammad's not even found? He's not even mentioned. He's referred to, but his name's not even mentioned. But Jesus is mentioned over a dozen times in the Quran. The Muslims want Jesus on their starting lineup. How about the Hindus? You can look up a picture right now on Google Images where you will see Jesus in the lotus pose exactly like Krishna looking like one of the Hindu gods because they recruited Jesus to be on their team. But how many know when Jesus came, he, didn't see, he said, I don't want to be on any of your teams. He said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one gets to the Father but by me. See, Jesus is exclusive. Jesus is exclusive. Jesus is not cheating on us with Buddha. Jesus is not cheating on us. Jesus gave himself to the church. Now, here's the good news. Can Buddhists come to the church? Absolutely, and be born again. Yes, they can get a second life. How about Muslims? Can they get a second life? Yes. Do you know that Christianity is growing faster than they're killing us in those nations? We are growing and taking over those nations, not by force, but by regeneration, rebirth. They're converting, even though they're trying to kill them. And Christians can be uh, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists can become Christians. Everybody can become a Christian. Some may say the new self. When you look at the Bible, you will see the teaching of a new self. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. If you're there, some may say, I'm there. It's right there if you don't have it in front of you. If you bring your Bible on your phone or paperback, that's awesome. Look at it, underline it. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the what? Come on, and to put on? The new self, thank you. What's the new self created like? To be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Think of the simple illustration that Paul gave us. He's the author of this book. The Holy Spirit is using him. What is the simple illustration? You have an old self. It's your choice if you want to take it off and put on the new self. Where is the new self going to start? Right here in your mind. How many know you've had some stinking thinking before? Oh, it's too quiet up in this church. I'm going to ask you again. How many know you've had some stinking thinking, but Jesus had to set you free? Sometimes they say, you go to that church, you're going to get brainwashed. You better tell them it's working. You need to come with me. You need your mind washed too. 
Come on, shout if Donald Trump needs his brainwash. Say amen. Shout if you believe Hillary Clinton needs her brainwash. Come on, shout if you believe. How many believe Miley Cyrus needs some brainwashing today? Come on, we all need our attitudes and our brains washed clean. We have become our own worst enemies. Look at what it says. Your old self is corrupted by its deceitful desires. Now, there's always that kind of sassy person in the church that's like, prove it to me. I don't believe that. Well, first thing I'll do to prove it to you is say, look at your junior high pictures. Look at the hairdo you had. Look at what you thought was cool back then. It ain't so cool now. See, you deceived yourself. All I have to do is talk to some of the older folks and say, look at your first husband. Look at your first wife. Look at that girlfriend you lived with for three years that you don't even see anymore. Come on. We've all deceived ourselves. And the Bible says that by doing that, we corrupt our body. That's why it will die. That's why it will go to hell. That's why the soul will go to hell after the body dies. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Body dies because of the sins we've committed. We can't even just blame Adam and Eve. Yes, Adam and Eve gave us the bad rap and we're born into a world of sin. But then we choose sin all by ourselves. I'll give you just a few examples of sins, and you guys tell me if you've ever done these before. How about tell a lie? Okay, so let's not lie in church. Have you ever told a lie? All right. Have you ever taken something that doesn't belong to you, no matter how small it is? Or if you borrow something, say you're going to give it back, but don't. Come on. Or have you ever taken the name of the Lord in vain? These are just some of the Ten Commandments. How about this? You ever covet what someone else has? The Bible says thou shalt not covet. The Bible says don't lust or commit adultery. The Bible says not to be angry or to think murderous thoughts towards one another or to put anything before the Lord our God. How many of you know we have all corrupted ourselves and been deceived? We've all been deceived by sin. So what's the, what's the antidote? Now, everybody get this. Is the antidote to our deception us fixing ourselves? No. When you got a broken computer, does it fix itself? No. you got to bring it to the, the geek squad at Best Buy, right? When you have a broken system, it can't fix itself. The system is broken. Let's put it to you like this. Would you want to be your own heart surgeon and give yourself a heart transplant? Let me just take this one out. No, come on. Would you want to do your own brain surgery? Let me just see what I'm doing up here. When we try to fix ourselves as sinners, that's another deception. So the one here who says, man, I'm not that bad. All I got to do is just, you know, clean off a little bit here, a little bit here, and I'll be all right. No, you're actually deceiving yourself. You got tar on your hands trying to clean up off here, and you're just putting more tar all over your body. It's like you got age, and you're trying to give your right arm a blood transfusion to your left arm. You're just sinful, the Bible says. And so don't be deceived by any self-help religion, a way of trying to fix yourself, make yourself better. The Bible says that's why Jesus had to die on the cross. If you and I could make ourselves better, then why do you have to die? All Jesus would have had to come down is just give you a diet to follow, right? Come on, how many want to have a, a good body? Do you know, just diet a little bit. Jesus would have said, don't eat this. You know, be gluten-free. Then Jesus would have given you some helpful steps of meditation. And then Jesus would have given, no, Jesus didn't do that. You know what Jesus did? He gave us commands and laws, but what did he say we had to do first? Be born again. Be born again. Because can I keep the commands of God when I'm still a sinner? No, I can try, but I'll never do it right from my heart. How many know this? You break your own rules, let alone God's rules. How many of you have tried to keep a diet and you broke your own rules? How many said you weren't going to call that person up anymore because they weren't good for you, but you called them up lonely on a Saturday night? 
All gets quiet when I preach like that. Come on. How many of you said you weren't going to cuss anymore? You still cuss. You don't even keep your own rules. How are you going to keep God's perfect standard of rules in the life that you have? You can't. The Bible says we've all been in that position. So the example that Paul gives us, everybody look up at the screen. It's really simple today. I know it's hot, and I'm going to be quick, but get this. He says, take off the old, the whole entire thing. God doesn't just want to renovate you. He wants to demolish your old self and build a brand new self. Jesus is not coming into this building going, you know what? Let's just replace a couple bricks. Let's just repaint this. God says, boop, 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 tear the whole thing down. Build it up from the beginning. Build it up from a new foundation. God wants to have a new life in you. Look what the Bible says in another place, 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ Jesus, they are a new creation. The old has gone. Behold, everything. Somebody say everything. Thank you. Everything has become new. So you put off your old self. How do you do that? You don't do it through religious works. You do it through coming to Jesus. Jesus is the great I am, and you're the great I am not. He says, I am Lord, and you got to admit, I am not the Lord of my life anymore. I'm giving it to him. Jesus, take the wheel. Not only am I just going to give you the wheel, I'm going to give you the whole car. I'm going to meet you in the trunk. You just put me in there, take me out when I'm done, okay, when you're done driving. Because even if I'm next to you, I might want to take that wheel every now and then. Come on. Are you willing to trust Jesus with your whole life, with what's in your heart and what's in your mind, what's in your wallet, what's in your friendships? Jesus is the great I am. We're the great I'm not. Jesus says, I'm holy. We go, man, I ain't holy. Jesus says, I'm perfect. And we say, I'm not perfect. But when we take off that old self, guess what we can now do? We can put on the new self and be just like our God who is righteous and holy. So now I can say, yeah, I ain't perfect by myself. I was born naughty by nature. But now in Christ, I'm in the divine nature. I'm perfect like my heavenly father's perfect. What you don't see, the perfection, that's okay. It's on the inside. It's going to get to you eventually. Oh, it gets quiet when I preach like that. When I get born again, do I get born again jacked up? Do I get born again in the image of my Father? Just like Jesus. Just like Jesus is like the Father. I'm just like Jesus, and he's like the Father, so I'm like the Father. I'm going to have you read it. It's right from the Bible. I don't know if some of y'all believe there's a new self. I think some of you think you're going to always go through life kind of like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. There's going to be a bad you, and there's going to be a good you, and every now and then you're going to punch and beat yourself up like, you know, Jim Carrey in the mask, and you're going to have this real, like, dilemma. Are you part good and part evil, or when you're born again, are you all good? You're all good. You may not always act like it, but God made you all good. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. You may say, well, then how do Christians sin? How do Christians sin? They sin by not doing what God told them to do. I can keep the commands of God now as a Christian, and if I don't do it, that's not God's fault. That's my fault. But that doesn't change who I am. Is my son my son even if he does something he ain't supposed to do? Is he perfectly my son in DNA? In DNA, he's perfectly my son. That means if I took him right now to Maury Povich and I said, tell me if this is my son, he's going to say, Joe, you are the father. He looks just like you. Why are you even on the show? He is in his DNA. He is perfectly like me. There's no other way he could be anybody else's son. In the spiritual DNA, when you are born again, you are created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. How many believe that today? And where does it start? It starts in your mind. Because right now, if you don't believe it, you're like, Pastor, that's just too good to be true. I don't believe it. Well, now you're deceiving yourself again. you got to go right back to here. How many of you take off your clothes every day and put on new clothes in the morning? How many do that with your undergarments? Let's just say undergarments. You all do that? How many know if you wore the same undergarments and your same clothes for a week, you would stink? 
Now you know why your neighbor stinks in traffic. Now you know why your friends don't get along. Now you know why there's fights all over the world. Because people still have on their old self. Stupid is as stupid does. Take off your old and put on your new. Read this with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So the choice is yours. Right now, without Christ, you're old, and you're going to go to hell and have a second death. That's the truth. I don't want to say that in a way to be angry with you. I'm not angry. I don't want you to go there. Jesus died so you wouldn't go there. But the truth is, if you're not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. But you can choose to be made new. How do you choose that today? You choose that by coming to Jesus. Look at John chapter 3. Are you ready? Come on, somebody say, prove it, Pastor. Now, I want to ask you a question. When I hold the microphone, does that make what I say true? No. So now watch. Young kids, two plus two is five. Is that true? No. Just because pastor said it and went to cemetery, I mean seminary, and now I'm on a stage with a microphone really loud in a building, does that make two plus two equal five? How about if I say this? Hey, guys, you want to fly? Well, guess what? Jump off the building. Gravity doesn't exist anymore. You can fly like a bird. Do you want to give it a try? Please don't. Will, it, will gravity disappear because I took a microphone and said gravity doesn't exist? No. Now ask yourself a question. Is what the preacher saying true by the Word of God, not by people's opinion? The Bible says study this. So when I show you this scripture about the choice you have, don't just take it flippantly like I have some people do when I meet them on the streets. I'll meet somebody on the street and ask them if they've been born again. They're like, no, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, can I tell you? And I'll go through it, and they're kind of a little bit annoyed. And I'm like, so you want to do it? And they're like, I don't really know if I believe this. And I'm like, well, do you want to study it more? Like, no, I got to go catch the bus. And I'm like thinking, hold up. Do you understand what I just told you? I'm saying if you don't get this, you go to hell, and you're thinking about the elote or this bus you got to catch, you better go study this. You better check the record and see if this is true, because me with the microphone, I'm talking about something greater than gravity. I'm talking about something greater than mathematics. I'm talking about God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the beauty of the Christian faith. And that's not to be taken lightly. So listen, if you're here today and you're a thinker, that's awesome. Because the Bible says you should count the cost. So Christianity, can I tell you what it's worth? Christianity is worth everything you own right now. Guess what? It's not only worth everything you own, it's worth everything your family owns. It's worth everything your neighborhood has. It's worth everything the city has. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, if you gain the whole world and you lost your soul, it would profit you nothing. One moment in hell will take away all the pleasure of being the king or queen of the world. One moment in hell, you'll regret that decision. And which one of us even gets to the point where we get the whole world? And so Jesus said it like this, salvation is like the greatest pearl that if you were to trade everything you had for it, you would still come out with a good deal. If you give your life for the eternal life of Jesus, you win. 
If you give up friends or family or those who hold you back, you win. If you give up your sins and your habits, your plans for the future, you win because Jesus' life never ends. Can I show you that in the scripture as we get ready to close? Are you ready? John chapter 3, look at what Jesus said. Read it with me. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they're old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they can't come into a second time into their mother's womb and be born. Everybody say, ooh, gross. This was a religious man. Like, so listen, 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 because I got a microphone, that means I say smart things. No, the smartest dude, Nicodemus, of his Jewish people, like basically like Father Tom, Cardinal Mike or whatever, his best understanding of what Jesus said about being born again is him putting on a Speedo cap, oiling himself down, saying, Mama, spread them open, I'm coming back home. That's your Bible. It's okay to laugh in church, by the way. I didn't make it up. Uh, I need to be born again, Jesus? I don't think my mom wants me back in there. Look at what Jesus said. Look at what he said. Verse 5, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of what? Water and the Spirit. What does the baptism represent? The Holy Spirit. What does the Spirit want us to see in the baptismal uh, uh, example? That literally as a woman's water breaks and the child comes out, that person is coming out of the spiritual womb today. A brand new person. Hallelujah. Never the same again. And he makes it crystal clear right here. Flesh gives birth to flesh after listening to Art Kelly all night long. Come on, somebody. Ain't nothing wrong. Some of you got to go back a little bit further to Al Green. Come on. Or Green. You know what I'm talking about. His name is Al Green, right? Okay, because I forget some of my oldies. Oh, pastor. Is he a pastor now? Oh, I didn't even know that. Okay, God bless Al Green. But you know, flesh gives birth to flesh. But guess what? The Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised when you hear my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it's coming or going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And then right here, he said that famous verse. And let's say it together. John 3, 16. One, two, three. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. New or old, it's your choice today. I want to put these two memes on Facebook right now so you have permission to use your phone. Would you pull out your phone? If you're not my friend on Facebook, please do so so you can track with what our church is doing. We also have Metro Praise International Facebook. But what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to put two memes up here, and we're going to end with prayer to see if you want to do it. Underneath the live feed on Facebook right here, you're going to see me post these pictures. The first one says, you were created. I want you to take this and post this on one of your friends' pages today to encourage them, to let them know who weren't here, you were created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. I want you to pick the wildest person you know and put it on their Facebook right now. I want you to put it on the person's Facebook who's getting home from the club right now. I want you to put it on their Facebook. I want you to put it right now on the girl who's got that, that little itsy-winny bikini, whatever, at the lake. Put it on hers right now. Put it on the hardest gang-banging dude you know. Put it on the most sophisticated person's Facebook you know. 
Because I'm going to show you why it's so important that we tell people this. How many understand it right now why it's so important? How many know? Come on. Amen. Anybody know why it's important? Because we're reminding them of what they were created for. Were we created to go to hell? So we're telling the world what they were created for. What was your neighborhood created for? To be like God. Why are there humans today and not chimpanzees running around? Come on. Aren't you glad you're not a chimpanzee today? Why were you created? You were created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And then the next one, I want you to put this on your Facebook and make it as a declaration of who you are. I was created. Come on, say it like it's personal now. Say, I was created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Adam, would you come, please? It's important that we tell the world what we're doing here today. We are doing a baptism to represent spiritual new life. We have some folks that are going to get baptized today that are making a decision to live for Jesus. And remember this, the baptismal water doesn't save them. It's the Holy Spirit. But what does the baptism represent what the Holy Spirit did on the inside? I was created to be like God. When I was 18 years old, I was a high school dropout. I was on drugs. I had already been arrested about eight times. I had become a disgrace to my family, had lost my virginity at an early age, and guess what? I called up my mother out of desperation and said, can you put me in a mental hospital? My mother on that phone call told me about Jesus. And I wish I could tell you that at that moment I was so happy to hear about Jesus, but you know what I did? I cussed her out hung up the phone and said, I don't need no blankety-blank Jesus. But in my heart, I knew there was something missing. My life had led me to the place of decision where many of you are at right now. It may not be drugs. It may not be the same problems. You may be the most good person you know, but there may be still that hole in your soul that only Jesus can fill to make you whole. Come on, somebody put that on Facebook. If you got a hole in your soul, Jesus is the only one that can fill you and make you whole. And if you're here today, hear this, because I felt that hole. And I called up my mom and I said, can I come back? She said, yeah, you can come home. And I came to the kitchen in my mother's house. And I said, I don't know much about Jesus, but I'll give it a shot. And she said, Jesus is all you'll ever need. Now, I know some people have had to go to drug rehab. Some people have had to need to talk to the psychiatrist or psychologist. But that day, November 5th, 1995, I got hooked on Jesus. I got high on the most high. He turned my frown upside down. He put a pep in my step. Hallelujah. He saved me. And my friends didn't think it was real. They are like, dude, you ain't going to do this very long. This November will make 23 years. This November, it was 1995, never did drugs again, never got drunk again, never had sex outside of marriage again. You're saying, Pastor, that's a miracle. Yes, but guess what? God can do that miracle in your life. There are miracles at the cross. There are miracles at the cross. And the greatest miracle is when you realize what Jesus died on the cross for. Jesus did not just die on the cross to give us religion. Remember, we talked about them being a lot of them right at the beginning. Jesus didn't talk about changing yourself. 
Jesus talked about dying so that you might live, taking the curse you deserve so that you could get the blessing that he had earned, so that you could make a divine exchange, literally like taking off the old dirty clothes and putting on the new, so that if you're here today, as we prepare to do baptisms, we welcome you to accept Christ and jump in the pool with us. We've already got two folks from the first service that decided to stay for the second service that got baptized in their clothes. You can be that testimony today. And it's not just for the down and out kind of people. The Bible says it's for anyone who knows that they want to live for Jesus. Amen? Can I hear an amen for that? Amen. Let's stand up to our feet and give it up for Jesus today. It's his day. Come on. It's the Super Bowl for Jesus. The world said, you all ain't clapping like you mean it today. Come on. Let's give it up for Jesus. Lives are being changed. Gracias, Señor. Somebody shout hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Let's pray as our altar workers come. Jesus, if there's anybody here today that needs that new life, would you put it into their thoughts right now? Let them think about it. If you start to hear in your heart that this is for you, trust me, that's not the devil and that's not you. You're not good enough to think about an idea like this. You're hearing the Holy Spirit talk to you right now. Don't ignore the Holy Spirit. If you're hearing God on the inside of you say, this is for you, I want you to receive Jesus today. Accept him. Right now, if you need Jesus, I want you to ask him into your heart. Repent of your sins and be born again. How do you do it? You just confess him as your Lord. Say, Jesus, I love you. Be the Lord of my life. You're the great I am. Ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I've done it before. I've even been baptized, but I'm not living like Jesus. I got a lot of that stinky stuff. I got a lot of the old in my life. I got stinking thinking. Repent of those things right now. Don't leave the same way you came. Ask the Lord to forgive you. He'll forgive you so quickly right now. So ask God to come into your heart or forgive you of your sins. And then everybody else, start to pray for those right here today to do this. Come on, so you're either praying for yourself or you're praying for somebody else to take off the old and put on the new self. Let's pray right now all together on our own, in our own words. You might say, Pastor, I don't know how.